Hello, you're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview different independent musicians and showcase their music. As for myself, I'm a singer-songwriter and producer who goes by Niagara Moon. You can look up more about my own music at niagaramoonmusic.com. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to tell you about a couple gigs that I have coming up. Some of you might have already read about them when I sent out my weekly email update, but for those of you in the western Massachusetts area, I'm playing on the 3rd and 4th of June while I'm on vacay in the Pioneer Valley. Saturday, June 3rd, I'm participating in an event called Song Division, Exploring Hate and Love. Myself and a bunch of other local bands will each be covering a song we hate, a song we love, and then a few originals. That's going to be at the 13th floor in Florence, starting at 8 p.m., $5 suggested donation. The very next night, Niagara Moon will be opening for Walking Ghosts at the Royal Monarch in East Hampton. Some of you may remember I had Grant from Walking Ghosts on the podcast for the very first episode. It's going to be a treat to get to hear his band live for the first time in a while. So that's also going to start at 8 p.m., and a donation of $5 is suggested. It is also Bring Your Own Booze. And lastly, at a bar called the Bishop's Lounge in Northampton, they have an awesome open mic every Tuesday night starting at 8 p.m., hosted by Anders Warringer. I used to go there almost every week when I basically lived across the street from it during my last year of college, so I'm definitely planning on making it out to that on June 6th. Okay, that's my spiel. Back to the show. For episode number 21, we have Ryan Bedard and Jake Jones from the band Shark Legs. Shark Legs, formerly known as Lando, is a psychedelic pop rock trio based in Seattle. Ryan is the singer and reluctant guitarist of the group, Jake plays bass and synths, and Landon Cross is the drummer. The group plays with classic psych pop patterns elevated with experimental synth and accented with intelligent percussion. Shark Legs evokes bands such as Foxygen, XTC, and Tame Impala. As I found out during our interview, Ryan is also a featured vocalist on the song Spoons by Macklemore, which somehow ended up getting designated as the worst song of all time by the website Stereogum. I found that whole story hilarious, so I went ahead and included a link to the Macklemore track in the episode description for this podcast. I suggest you listen to it yourself to form your own opinion on it. Uh, but anyway, before we get into that, I'm going to play a song from Shark Legs' debut EP, Among the Clouds, which is currently available for free on Bandcamp. This song is called I Do Recall. I can never be sure If I'm there in the right direction If my future's secure If my problems avoid from those people who come to take what they want I can hardly get by With that hope of an occupation Even so I can try And get the best of the situation When they turn it again And get something they want
they said if I didn't give And they said if I didn't lend a penny I'd be leaving goodbye It wasn't something to want You guys have been doing a lot of gigs recently? Uh, we're gearing up. Yeah, we're hitting the stretch of, because we've been in the studio all winter pretty much. So, oh, really? Yeah. And then a lot of the year before that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like trying to play a bunch of shows, generate some buzz, and then hopefully like late summer we're putting out a vinyl. Wow. Full length? Uh, yeah. Eight songs. So. Okay. That's a decent amount. And then yeah. some bits. Well, there's just that one bit. <laughs> you mean extra little singles and stuff? Well, just like... Stuff in between those eight songs. Yeah, there's like little like interludes and such. You know. Hip hop skits. <laughs> of course. Different sketches. Yeah, no, we yeah. do these things. Intros. You know. I play this this character of a, a homosexual man. <laughs> and Jake does this you know, very sassy woman. And that's actually probably about half the album. Named Mrs. Pancakes. Yeah. You don't know me. Uh huh. That's it. It gets real offensive. I mean, there are no hangups in this. Probably too a little bit right of center in some places too. So there's a lot of stuff we should reevaluate before we actually release that. There's actually no music on it at all. No, it's actually just our comedy troupe. <laughs> Diupers. Yeah. Do you guys ever do skits on stage at shows and yeah, stuff? Yeah, we should. Well, yeah, we definitely should. Yeah, that's something that we've come that we need to work on because like we spent a lot of time making the music. And, like, we got that pretty good. We're all satisfied with that. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, how do we engage the audience and get them involved? Like, yeah. That, I went through that exact same thought process. Mm -hmm. It's like you get all wrapped up in the music and you just want it to speak for itself. But it's right. like, no, it's not going to be No, because at the end of the day, we're just, we're like a fucking, we're a pop rock band, <laughs> you know? Like, or more importantly, we need to have an audience. <laughs> yeah. You got to make one and yeah. then you got to keep them engaged. Exactly. So we don't necessarily, we, you know, we spend a lot of time doing figuring out what the music will be that we, you know, we haven't like really promoted ourselves in earnest yet. So that's kind of the project for the remainder of the year. Mm. Yeah.
Well, you got the recording stone now. Yes, we yeah. do. So, step one of two. So we're with. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking with, uh, we got Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, so people know who's, who's saying what. And we got, uh, got Jake. Hello, Jake Jacob here. Jones. So you guys are from Shark Legs. Yes. The newly dubbed Shark Legs. Newly dubbed Shark Legs. So you guys were called Lando before, right? Correct. For all of our tens of fans, you <laughs> might be surprised by the, the change. Uh, yeah, our, um, our drummer's name is Landon. Mm. And so we were like, oh, shit, we need a name. And we're like, let's just call it Lando. And then that ended up sticking for like a couple of years. Yeah, but it was never supposed to be a permanent name because the name Lando is definitely associated with things that aren't our drummer. Mm. <laughs> now, was this before the Star things. Wars renaissance? No, yeah. it was like during. It was during? Uh, it was before they... It was in 2015. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, it was like people like, knew. Yeah, there was buzz, but it wasn't like... Like the movie didn't come face. out yet. Like it is now, yeah. yeah. But it's like, I, we were always kept in the back of the mind to change the name just because Landon, or Lando, oh yeah, like I the I didn't know that was part of the plan. Well, it was in the back of my head. Anyway. Like when we really started promoting, oh, let's just change the damn name. Because I really don't like Star Wars that much. Mm. I mean, that's the... So I you don't, don't want to have to keep talking about it. No, right? I don't. That was that was I don't like it. Thing, is everyone's like, oh, like Calrissian? It's, it's like, like, yeah, fine. Not, but also, you did put his face on your yeah, debut EP, though. Well, because that was funny. And you called it Among the Clouds, which yeah. I can only imagine is a reference. Yeah, I wanted well, to really just stop. You just shouldered in. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to stop the Star Wars references, you know, ASAP. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's that I don't... I'd like it enough. It's just it's so pervasive in our pop culture that you can't get away from it. I'm just, like, sick of the tropes at yeah. this point associated with Star Wars because they're, um, they're like, omnipresent. You can't get away <laughs> from them. It's I'm like just, the Beatles. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just... Which we refuse to cover. Well, I love <laughs> the Beatles. Probably my favorite band, but, you know... Yeah, I mean, everyone understands them. that... You're all influenced by the Beatles, but you don't. You try to hide it, you know, because it's just too <laughs> obvious otherwise. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. But uh, it, with Star Wars, yeah, that's actually not my primary influence, but yeah, I'm just over it. So, so how did you settle on shark legs? Long process. We had a whiteboard that we just kept on filling up with names, and like, really? we'd save like two, huh. and then like erase everything and fill it up again. And then we ended up using none of them because Jake drew a little picture of a shark with legs, and we thought it was funny. <laughs> and then we just said, "Fuck it, let's just go with that one," and we did. Yeah. Very organic. Yeah. yeah, in a way. Basically, you need to follow some golden rules of: is it Googleable? Is it less than ten letters? And is it only have a couple syllables? Aside from that, I didn't really get I a failed shit. on two of those fronts. Wait, what is your band's name? Niagara Moon. Oh, yeah. And everybody spells Niagara wrong, apparently. <laughs> it's this whole phenomenon. People don't know how to spell it. Why don't you call the band Viagra Moon? <laughs> <laughs> That'll that be should get a rise out of people. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so how long has the band all been together? Like two and a half years. Yeah. And how many people? Three. Three. Okay, so... Jake, you were on uh, the podcast Basic Bitch, so yes. you play the bass. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, I play bass and synths. I play the guitar and sing for now, but in the near future, we're looking into uh, outsourcing some of my guitar duties. Oh, okay. Uh, so you think of yourself mainly as a singer, and do you also write the songs? Well, I write like the melodies for okay. the songs, and then we kind of work together on the structure and the lyrics. Yeah, it's a very collaborative process. Yeah. <clears throat> it usually starts with me and Ryan 
arguing over a piano. Yeah. And then we come up with something we kind of like, and then we take it to Landon, and then that kind of susses out the vibe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then there's a lot of there's a lot of back. And, and then forth. we start orchestrating all the there's, parts. There's a lot of this isn't good. Then rewrite it, and then rewrite it, and you usually end up rewriting stuff a lot. Yeah. Sometimes it takes like months to complete a song. Yeah. Well, the one actually one or the thing we just came or recorded. We had this one song. We worked on it, and then we had it completely fully done. And then we came in, we recorded it. Probably spent five hundred dollars on that recording just doing that one fucking song. <laughs> and then it's done, we listen to it, and we're like, this isn't gonna work. So, uh, <laughs> so we go back and we, you know, rewrite the entire song, you know, changed around the structure, rewrote the chorus melody, redid the chorus chords, completely redid it. And we took like one section of it, like, we like that, we'll keep that, <laughs> and then just redid everything else. Yeah, so yeah. now it's a completely different, it's a lot better, in my opinion, but... It's an exhaustive process. I feel like even with my own music, when I write songs, I have a 50% success rate. (laughs) One out of two songs is going to go the way I want it, and the other one is just going to end up not working out, but there's always going to be at least one part of that that you're like, oh, hold on to that for something else down the line. There's always something you can salvage. Those aren't bad numbers. 500. (laughs) But I think our legions of fans appreciate the effort we put into it. (laughs) So it's a very democratic process. Yeah, and I guess that's why it might take a little longer because yeah. we got to get everybody's input. Yeah. yeah, we hold a two-thirds rule, and since mm. there's three of us, if two-thirds of the band vote for something, like that's that's the law. Yeah, but generally, if you you know just bitch and piss and moan, you know you end up maybe convincing people the other way, or at least that's the hope. This is <laughs> me just bitching and pissing and moaning if I want something specific and. And then if they keep pushing back for like two weeks, then I guess <laughs> I decide maybe I should readjust priorities. Yeah, maybe that's something you should work on. No, I mean, you gotta, there's got to be a little fighting involved or else you're not going to do anything right. So how did the three of you meet? I found everyone on Craigslist. Okay, the classic. Misconnections. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you on the bus. You, Ca- no, I didn't. Was like, you had was, a beautiful mustache. You no, know, we met via casual encounters. <laughs> men for men. We'll be in band for 24 Roses. Yes. <laughs> so, and you were already in Seattle? Yeah. You? Well, yeah. you moved recently. Yeah, I was only here, I'd only been here not even six months yet. And then I, um, uh, I li- I've been here since 2012, and Lando, he's from here. Six months okay. when I met Ryan. Well, Lando's from Muckleteo, which I guess is sort of Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of in the outskirts. He's the most native. Okay. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, Jake, you're from... I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, but I came here via Boston. And I am from Rochester, New York. Okay. And I came here via there. <laughs> Actually, it's right along 90, so I came there via 90. <laughs> Fun fact for the interstate aficionados in your audience, of which I'm sure there are... Maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. Why'd you guys end up in Seattle? Um, I... I kind of just felt like letting my little wings spread and fly to the West Coast. I don't know about you. Uh, for me, it was mostly weather. I wanted to get out of New England and there are crazy harsh Not winters. Not a fan of the snow? Yeah, no. Oh, so you were in Boston that year where like the snow was like yeah, six were, feet high or something? Yeah. Oh, no, you... you well, well, so I was... Were you in Seattle by then? Or? I was... The 2015, they had yeah. a really bad storm. 
But there was a bad one in 2014 also, yeah. <laughs> which was right before we left. And well, like, I, I was yeah, in it was crazy. I was in Boston for a little bit during the 2015, but it was immediately after. So yeah. like the sky was clear, but there were like pound, like mounds of six and eight foot snow drifts. Yeah, mm. yeah, you don't get much of that out here in Seattle. No, it's lovely. It did snow this winter though. Yeah, for like six hours, there was snow <laughs> on the ground. Well, there was snow clinging to the ground, which I remember because it drastically affected my commute in the morning, mm. which was... Well, shit, in Seattle, anything will drastically affect your commute. <laughs> what was the creative vision of the band going in? Like, who were some of the, the main artists that you guys all bonded over? Well, so when I answered Ryan's ad, uh, he basically was like... He had some recordings posted, and he was like, hey, this is what I've done. I don't necessarily want to do this. I want to do something. He's like, I'm looking for people who like electronic stuff, just like all sorts of different types of music. He's like, I don't care what we do. I just want to do something fun and creative. Uh, and so I think we kind of went into it with the idea of we wanted everything to remain pop-centric. Like, we wanted to have, like, catchy choruses and hooks and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty much the only stipulation. Yeah, but then we wanted, me and Landon, we wanted to do something that, like... You want to jam more. Yeah. Like, because um, <laughs> like, we're both really big fans of, like, Tame Impala. Okay. Or, like, and, um, like, Alt-J. Mm-hmm. Like, and we like just, like, the really, the kind of artistic elements that these bands are able to infuse with, like, these really catchy choruses yeah, and stuff. Yeah, they're still a fun band to see live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that, for me, that was one thing, is I wanted it to be cool. Like, I wanted, like... It, to not just be, like, one style of music or genre. Like, I want to, like, throw in elements of mm-hmm. all these different things. Because um, I feel like we can take a bunch of different influences, put it through our filter, and it's always going to sound like us. And then put it through the phaser. Yeah. <laughs> and the flanger. <laughs> we'll just have it directly come out of the mastering board into the phaser and then into the lathe. Yeah, we have a joke about just putting face over everything. Pretty much. <laughs> Certain songs have that. Jimi Hendrix. I yeah, know. Like basically everything that Kevin Parker does. Yeah, just phase the master. <laughs> so the whole thing is just... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> basically yeah. just destroy our songs. That's the way we're going to do it. I imagine you guys really all get into the uh, the production side of things like after you record basic tracks you probably like to get in there and mess around with effects and all that yeah we work um we've been working really closely with um this engineer jason lackey up at fastback studios in northgate you ever heard of fastback studios no i mean there's so many good studios well, it's, a good, it's a good studio yeah, it's great. i mean northgate that's pretty close to here yeah, yeah. He's got like a B3 on site with a Leslie. He's got some mm. Wolitzer Rhodes. A so perfect baby, for a, a retro yeah. psych rock band. Yeah, a baby grand. Like, we spent a lot of time recording stuff that we don't ever use. God, we did. Um, Ugh, but yeah, I like. So Jason and I, we work kind of closely together when we start getting into the mixing and stuff. Because um, I definitely have a vision of what I want things to sound like and like what effects I want in certain places. And so. Like, he helps me apply that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are different things um, kind of in our own spheres of influence that we kind of sit in close with with Jason. Like, yeah, you have a lot of effects stuff, and then I usually sit with him about vocals and things Mm -hmm. like that to make sure that's okay and harmonies and everything. And Landon sits with him about drums and stuff. But usually one or more of us are in there over the board trying Mm -hmm. to make things sound kind of the way we want them to. There's a lot of back and forth, too. Like, we haven't really been recording for, like, 
four, or no, two, two, three months, but we've just kind of been going back and forth about getting the sound right and everything. Yeah. And actually, we just went in and had to rehash some synth stuff and drum stuff during some choruses to make the groove a little more coherent. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the most uh, arduous process of the whole thing is kind of stepping back from something you've been listening to for five months and mm-hmm. trying to make it uh, pop. Yeah, I find if you spend too much time on the same songs, it's like you hit a wall. Yeah. I mean, the, the qu- sometimes the quicker you can get some stuff decided, the better. Sometimes, but yeah. I mean, other it'll time. It'll depend on yeah. the song. And like, so it takes us a long time to write a song, and then it takes us a long time to record a song, because like, we write it with the three parts usually in mind, the bass, drums, and guitar. So then we, we go in and we record that, and then it's like, all right, what can we sprinkle on top of this track? Like, where are we going to add synths at? Like, where are we going to put that baby grand in there? Like, where are we going to put the B3? Mm. And Usually it's just, where are we going to put the synths in this? <laughs> let's, let's be honest here. No, I, we <laughs> have a healthy amount of that organ all over everything. Yeah, I, yeah we did have it. And the, we just, the wallets are a bit also. And I guess, you know... We can only really write harmonies once we have it done, because I'm the only one really singing on the track, so mm-hmm. I kind of have to have um, stuff recorded before I can sing over myself. Yeah. So, yeah, that takes a bit of time. Yeah, Jason's great. He he gets us. He's got a cute dog, too. Yeah, he does have a cute dog. Mm-hmm. And he always helps seem, the vibe in the studio. And he doesn't seem to mind that we bicker and bitch at each other a whole bunch. <laughs> Sometimes I'll hold down the talk button just so I can berate Ryan through the window. <laughs> I mean, I think the mark of a good producer is uh, being a good mediator, <laughs> yeah. being a calm <laughs> presence, probably. Yeah, very true. Well, usually it's calming if he brings the dog in. <laughs> so your, uh, your upcoming eight songs, have you decided on a name for that release? Um, Landon and I want to do self-titled, but Jake's uh, being a bit of a dick about it and doesn't want to. Well, you don't want to go the self-titled <laughs> I was just going to say, I think we're going to go with self-titled. Oh, you Maybe were? you should just call the album self-titled. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody's <laughs> taken that joke before. I don't know. I, I don't like the whole self-titled. I think it's lazy. And then the second album is sophomore release. <laughs> we could do s'more release. S'more? S apostrophe more release. S'more. Yes. Or s'more music. <laughs> I, I think s'more. it's... S'more. <laughs> there it is. I like that. I think also I'm just kind of hungry. It's this campfire song. Yeah, I'm thinking that might about be s'mores. Affecting your judgment. Dude, a psyched out version of Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> what would that sound like, Ryan? That would suck, is what it would sound like. <laughs> so what are some big shows you guys got coming up? Um, so we'll have, we have two shows in June. Um, we're playing the fourth at the High Dive mm. um, with our buddies in Dreamcatcher. And... I think another band, I think maybe Bliss. Yes. Um, and then on the June 30th, we're playing at the substation with Monster Watch, Flirt, and Peyote Ugly. That show's going to be tight. That's going to be a wild show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess last month we played a show with Flirt and Monster Watch at the substation because we all practice over there, mm-hmm. so we're all, like, buddies. Yeah. Um, it's the substation scene. Yeah, and... I'm sure I've seen some of you guys there before, because yeah. my band practices there as well. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we're usually up front, so... Yeah, we're usually up front. Maybe you'll see us in Smoking cigs. Yeah. Looking all hard. <laughs> There's a lot of those guys out there. Yeah. I don't smoke cigs, but I stand next to them smoking cigs. Um, but yeah, so we did, we did that show. Um, we did Monster Watch and Flirt and Us on a Thursday night, 
And like a week later, Tim, one of the bookers over there, emailed all of us like, "Hey, we want to do the same show again, mm. but on a Friday." That was t- it was a t- one step up. Yeah, no, it was a tight show. It yeah, really it was good. a lot of fun. Well, because uh, Monster Watch, thankfully, has a bit of a following, so we were able to <laughs> ride on the coattails of that. Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the the plan well, in the in, in upcoming times. Just kind of find bands with followings, and then just uh, kind of. And the cool thing about a show like that is too, like, sound-wise, sonically, us Monster Watch and Flirt are like not the same. No. Like, but like we're all friends. Yeah. And we all like are kind of influenced by the same music. Yeah, yeah. But it just comes out differently. Substation. So it's just we get to have this like multi-genre show with a bunch of our friends. Yeah, yeah. And like. The fans, the, the people who come out to see that show appreciate that, too, because it's not like, oh, guy, just a punk show, or like, oh, right. just a psych show. John like, and Charles from Monster Watch were talking about that. They were saying yeah. how they like shows where each band is really different, so yeah. it's not like you've seen one band, you've seen them all. It's, you don't right. know what's coming next. They well, like we, that kind of we, are, we are a pop band. <laughs> yeah, you guys are very, like, I can see uh, the connection to, like, Foxygen, okay. almost, and stuff. Yeah. You're very, like... 60s retro pop through a you know a modern, modern. kind of punky. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I guess you know I, I was obviously influenced by the 60s, but I think there's just kind of a a means in which one would write songs that you know harkens back to say Tin Pan Alley or even mm-hmm. even further back. It's just kind of a way of of constructing things based yeah. on either be it. Verse or chorus. Or yeah, the structure or is always very so, kind of set in stone. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to you know necessarily kind of pinpoint that kind of structure to a decade. It's more of just kind of a tradition that I would like to emulate. Yeah. And I guess you know one person could uh, point to oh you're this you're that based on stylistic choices. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more of a a long reaching thing in terms of a tradition going back to this is how you make your song, and really it could hold up through any other genre, or at least that's the goal. Mm. When you write something really effective, you know, you can play it on a piano, you can play it on a guitar, you could play it in a reggae band, but it would still hold up. I think that's kind of ideally the song that we would want to, to create in this group. Less so influenced by genre, more so influenced by just a solid ass song yeah that's that's the I can get behind that that's the bottom line but yeah I mean ultimately dude I, there's no hiding your 60s influence I'm not I mean, saying you're... I was getting back to it yeah I said ultimately I had a lot of 60s influence but when I made that ad I said you know when I originally met everybody I'm like you know I want people who are interested in stuff that isn't the 60s so I don't just end up sounding like a fucking retro act mm, no so that's that's the struggle <laughs> yeah. I mean, your singing voice very much sounds like one of those late 60s, early 70s kind of British. And I can't help that because I listen to so much of that music. David that Bowie my, must be a big influence that, for you. Yeah, right? that my singing voice just ends up sounding British <laughs> because that's how I'm so used to like hearing like syllables sang. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. When I first listened to his uh, stuff they had on his Craigslist ad and I heard his voice, I was like, I'm gonna be in a band with this guy. Like, uh, this this is the voice that Kinda I want. Pulls to, it all together. Yeah, like this is the voice that I want leading the charge right here. <laughs> leading the charge for. Uh, oh, I was going to try and shoehorn in my uh, spoons. <laughs> so what's going on here? So Ryan was featured on a Macklemore track. Oh. Uh, spoons, 
which uh, Stereo Gum called the worst, the worst song, song ever, ever recorded. <laughs> so that, which they're not wrong. Um, so yeah, I. Uh, well, your friend Macklemore's gonna hear it. He might. He's still, you know, technically yeah. the only great. How did you end I up written. on a Macklemore track? Well, that um, that uh, Craigslist ad that I met them through. He basically contacted me through. And it's like, hey, dude, writing a, or making a song for my wife for her birthday. Can you come sing on it? He didn't say he was Macklemore. He said he was Ben. But I show up, and there's anywhere in the studio. I was like 10, 15 people there. And a dude with a big fake beard and wig on that looked suspiciously like Macklemore <laughs> introduced himself as Ben, which is his actual name. And yeah, I went in there and sang for like 15 minutes. And uh, a year later, they called me up and like, hey, we're going to put this on his new album. Okay. I mean, I didn't love it because, you know, I hadn't really been singing much re- like in that time. Mm-hmm. So I get in there and I'm squeaking and I'm sounding a little <laughs> off key. And I, I basically, it wasn't a great track. I only sang like three times and I was not proud of how I sounded. Every time I go to sleep. You yeah, weren't like, quite <laughs> sure what was going on, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like squeaking and I wasn't sounding as good as I could be. That's too bad that they didn't give you more time to... Well, it was more like a, a little a little bit of prep time would have been nice, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, eventually, yeah, they uh, call me up and uh, they say we're going to release this on Valentine's Day. And they do. And uh, yeah, it's on YouTube now. Uh, Spoons. So did you write the song or just sing it? Nah, I just sang it. I had, I had, like, no uh, creative... Actually, the only creative uh, impact I had on it was they were singing it down an octave, so I sang it down an octave, and then I sang it up an octave. Also, the melody was a little... Yeah, it was, I think that was pretty much all I did. But, um... Just moved it into your range? Well, I moved it around my range, and it would have sounded better if I had been singing more, but this is just me, with my hindsight being twenty twenty, mm. wishing that I, you know didn't squeak on that guy. So what was your reaction when it got released and Stereo Gum is making certain statements? I thought it was pretty funny. (laughs) Well, because the thing is, is I already got way more out of it than I should have ever hoped to. Uh So I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. (laughs) And plus it's funny because no one knew who I was, especially some reviewers were like, who is this person? Yeah, I've never heard of that, just enlisting some local stranger on Craigslist, like, come over and sing on the song. I have no idea what your story is, and I'll give you very little. It's kind of interesting. I well, I think there's something like that. The, the funnier connection to me is that Jake's from Cincinnati, as is another band called Foxy's Jam, lead huh. singer of which named Eric Nally, whom yeah. Jared, or Jared, <coughs> Jacob here met uh, a yeah, while back. We used to play shows together like at swim clubs and shit. But <laughs> my favorite part about that is that Jake has now met two of the contributing vocalists to Macklemore's new album because Eric Nally did the vocals for the lead track of Downtown. Yeah, which that song is a lot better than Spoons. Oh, it's much er, <laughs> No, they're both good songs. <laughs> I'm winking into the mic. <laughs> but maybe that's how you could mark a chart leg, shark legs in the future <laughs> from the singer of Spoons. Here comes his new project. Oh, no, I usually do ham-fistedly insert that into conversations. I think it... It would be, it's funnier to me if... It's on our one sheet. Yeah. It's funnier to me if people think, yeah, or if I can introduce it as 
Ryan Bedard, featured vocalist on the worst song ever recorded. I gotta go back and listen to this song now. <laughs> oh, you do? Absolutely. You know, skip all of our stuff. Go listen to the worst song ever recorded <laughs> from Stereo... Actually, no, I, what I want to do is I want Stereo Gum to... Uh, I, I guess kind of a long-term goal is get enough clout so Stereo Gum can review stuff that we've done. And, uh, you know, you know, Ryan Bedard, his next project after the worst song ever recorded... <laughs> Wow, so you're beating out the shags, you're beating out... Oh, no, no, literally every piece of music recorded in the entirety of human civilization going back tens of thousand years could not reach the level of awfulness that I was a part of. Do you write for Stereo Gum? Maybe yeah, no. he wrote his own review. You think of the billions and billions of human lives that have existed yeah. going back to time immemorial. No one has been able to conjure music that bad. Well, to be fair, to recorded music's only been around like 140 years or Yeah, whatever. but they, they didn't say the worst song recorded. They just said oh. the worst song of all time. Okay, that's a, that's a bigger it's distinction. It's a bold claim. Yeah. I mean, they might have said... I, I don't think they said recorded. I mean, I haven't read the review in a while. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, moving on. Um, uh, Jake, I imagine as a bassist, you're, you're a rarity... In uh, music towns like Seattle, I imagine your your services are demanded often. Like uh, you play in other groups and stuff. Yeah, I play in another group uh, called Coke Nails. It's kind of like a grodgy, punky type band. I like it because I'm a little bit less involved in like the writing process, mm -hmm. so I just get to show up and play bass. Yeah, I, I like instead of having like yeah having... month long arguments over creative things. Exactly, Landon's kind of got the same thing. Yeah, going. and then Landon, our drummer, he's in another group called Caveman Ego, um, and they they're kind of like a jam band type deal. Um, they're very good. Yeah, they're much they're... better instrumentalist than Jake and I. Let's not mince <laughs> words here. But yeah, so then he gets his outlet for that too to get more of like the jamming stuff. So basically, he's able to show up and play drums for like two or three hours, whereas. When we practice, it's more like play drums for two minutes, stop and argue for five, play yeah. drums for another minute, etc. There, there's music that's like intended to kind of demonstrate people's technical ability, and then right. there's music that's that it's all about ours. serving the song. Yeah, exactly. And so we're I'm, I'm more in the latter camp. Like yeah. the technique, it's all like just you think about it a minimum amount. It's all yeah. a means to an end. Yeah, I'd say when it comes to Ryan and I, like we're not. The, the best players in the world were adequate at, at best. Like, yeah, I'm adequate at best. That's a good you know, way of putting it. You know, we we do the parts. I'm a much <laughs> I'm a, I, I, I'm much more effective singer than I am instrumentalist. But uh, uh, hence you're uh, looking for a, a guitarist. Yeah, hence we're kind of shifting some of those duties over. Also, I want to be able to like play the part of the uh, the lead singer, you which I've never actually done. Like oh God, I've absolutely been having that <laughs> conversation. I want to like get down in the audience and. Peacock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're only a trio right now. Might as well oh. expand, get one more. Well, we were we were briefly a uh, a four piece. Very. We had a guy who practiced with us twice and then quit because we were too mean to each other. It was real funny. Mm. He didn't like the way he didn't like the atmosphere. Yeah, <laughs> he could sense the the tensions. Oh yeah, it was only two uh, two practices. Where yeah, we, and then we were all kind of like iffy about it. And then he texts us. He's like, yeah, actually, I don't want to come to the next one. I don't really like the mood. You guys are so mean to each other. It's like, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. We are mean to you each other. You guys got but... history with each other, though, which a lot of bands can't uh, yeah. necessarily... History of being mean to each other. Well, <laughs> it's not really mean to each other. It's just Jake being mean to me and then me being mean to Jake and Landon kind of 
watching you guys. Watching us yeah. into each other. Yeah, we say some nasty stuff. We do. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, he wasn't, uh... He wasn't... But then we write good songs, so it's okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't having that. Yeah. Plus, he's like a new father. There's a lot of stuff uh, that doesn't... Not gonna gel That doesn't add up to rock style. and roll. Yeah. <laughs> Our rock and roll lifestyles that we lead. Yeah. Sometimes gets... we're out till 11, 11.30 in the evening. <laughs> well, Jake, Jake and Landon... Jake and Landon will stay out, but I prioritize my sleep, so... No, I don't, uh... Is it uh, difficult for you guys to balance doing music with uh, making a living? Not really. Day jobs and stuff? No. No, no we all... Um, I have an office job, so... Yeah, we're, we, for a while there, we all, like, I was working in pizza. I was working in big pizza. The pizza I was working in the, in the pizza field. <laughs> I was working field. in the pizza industry for a while. Uh, and then Landon was, like, floating around doing, like, screen printing and some other stuff. He did a software thing. Yeah, um, but like, now we're back onto a schedule. We're all Monday through Friday, basically kind of nine to five. Yeah. So we do a couple evening practices during the week, and then we usually get together on Saturday or Sunday. Also. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, you guys see each other a lot. Yeah. Too I much. Refer to Ryan here as my de facto best friend, just because of sheer amount of time I spend with him. <laughs> well, I, I don't have time to have another best friend. Yeah. We usually see. We probably get together about three or four times a week. Yeah. Uh. But uh, we've definitely been trying to up the rehearsals recently just because uh, we need to get the show on the road. Yeah. Are you thinking of touring? Have you done touring before? No. No, not with this group. We want to do local, like... Um, yeah. Keep you know, it regional, you mean? Regional. Yeah. Within, like, a five-hour drive radius, you know, maybe yeah. Tri-Cities. Good place to start. Bellingham, Portland. Yeah. Once we get these vinyls made, we're going to have to start touring because that's how you sell. The vinyls. Yeah, we actually have to sell You can't sell, sell these. multiple to your friends. Mm. Like, hey, buy another one. <laughs> I don't know. It's taken long enough to, like, kind of craft whatever sound we're going for. Yeah. I didn't, you Took know, your time with it. Yeah, I didn't really want to, like... I, I haven't really been too huge into, you know, maybe to my own fault. You know, maybe it's not a great thing that I haven't been too huge into promoting. But I kind of felt weird about promoting when we really didn't have much to show for ourselves. Mm. I feel I more comfortable... reasonable. I feel more comfortable about doing it now. Like, I'm really kind of mentally gearing up to try and start promoting. Yeah, I think with this band, more so than any other band I've ever been in, it's been very much like we set a strategy. And we're like, this is how we're going to... This is what we want to do is we want to make money. Like, first of all, at the end of the day, we want to make money. I mean, you got to keep the band going somehow. Right. Like, we all love playing music and like we're all super passionate about it. But like... Got to get them bills. It costs costs a lot of money. It costs money to make music. Yeah. Yeah. So like, at the end of the day, we want to make money. So it's like, all right, that's what we want to do. How are we going to do it? And we're pretty far in the hole with all this studio (laughs) time. Yeah. So it was like, let's establish a sound. So we spent... Almost a year together before ever playing a show, I think. Yeah, it took about a year to play the first show. Um, and we just kind of tried to work out what our sound was going to be. It's like, okay, now we need to get the recordings. So then, like, we start recording. And we basically now, spent over a year recording, too. Yeah, so now that we have the recordings, we have the product, it's time to hit the road. Mm, strike all it, the irons hot. You know, hit the pavement. Yeah, and then, okay. so this next year will probably be the big test on... Whether people actually give a shit. Yeah, whether our strategy <laughs> is paying off. <laughs> And if not, then, uh... Make another album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually talking to my mom about that, I think, yesterday. Because I, I told her how much we have invested into it, and she was just like, what? And she's like, I'm like, yeah. And she's like, it's going to be how much to get the records made? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, what are you going to do if you fail? And I was like, I don't know, probably do it again. 
whatever you guys do with your vinyl, just don't be those dudes at a party that, you know, you talk about your music a little bit and then just like without any prompting, just shove your record in the person's face. Hey, take this home with you. Don't be, don't be those guys. It'd be oh, funny yeah. if like, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to carry it around me. And anytime I see a record player, I'm just going to put it on. <laughs> like, It'd be hey, funny. You had a two minute conversation with me. Here's all my work. <laughs> It'd be funny <laughs> if I was like one of those guys like downtown that stands in front of like the train stations, like handing you their CDs. Like, have you seen those? And then like, they put it in your hands and they ask for money. We just do that with like a 12 inch record. <laughs> It makes me not want to listen to the music. Oh, <laughs> just, man. You got to give people the feeling you put some value yeah. into it. I've been, like, really trying to not talk about music when I go out. Yeah. Like, at least the music that I do. Because, like, especially, like, when we go out as a group, we can get into the band conversation just like that. Yeah, because it's, like, the only context with which we see each other. And it's super yeah. alienating That's to anybody world. else around. Like, yeah. well, Hopefully, our podcast listeners won't have that same <laughs> experience. So you guys got two shows in June. Yep. And then you're going to get that tour together. You're getting this release out soon? Um, the songs are getting mastered and everything? Well, the masters. Yeah, we're getting the masters later this month, um, and we're going to have an exclusive track for the podcast. Nice. It's going to be Looking a... Looking that. Yeah. We're going to try to do um, our album release at the Laser Dome at the Seattle Center. Mm, what's the Laser Dome? It's... Uh, like a laser dome. <laughs> so like a, it's just a, like arena that has lasers? Yeah, pretty much. It's like a planetarium style thing, but they have like all these cool lasers and they put on laser sh- light shows and stuff. I recently went and saw uh, Laser Gaga, <laughs> which was pretty Lady tight. Gaga tribute band? Uh, so it wasn't a band. It's just the tracks and then there's like a guy who oh, does all the lasers. That sounds pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think the Hoot Hoots recently mm. put on a show there. Oh, that um, reminds me. So that really sparked my interest in like, oh, we should do our release there. That would be a really cool spot to do it. Um, but we're hoping for late summer, but it's going to depend on what we can set up with whatever yeah, yeah. plant we go with. Yeah, so it's like the tracks are going to be done like soon, by mm. the end of the month. But yeah. uh, Then you got to get artwork. and yeah. yeah. The actual physical product will probably take a little longer. But we'll probably start trying to, I would hope, start trying to shop out that digital product to like... Uh, blogs and stuff yeah fairly shortly yeah we'll be floating stuff around for reviews yeah. and all that exciting cool. probably sprinkle out the tracks like hey a little bit at a time <laughs> yeah yeah so keep people's interest <laughs> sounds good all right guys thanks for coming over today yeah no Thank problem you. thanks for having us shark legs they're like an old married couple those two aren't they Uh, But like they said, they produce some really cool music, so I guess that makes it okay in the end. Maybe. I don't know. If you liked this episode of Talking About the Passion, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Feel free to leave a rating or write a review. Uh, Sign up for the Niagara Moon mailing list if you would like to get weekly updates on the podcast, as well as my own musical doings. Just go to niagaramoonmusic.com and scroll down to enter in your email address. You can find the podcast on Facebook. Just look up Talking About the Passion. We're also on Twitter at TATP Podcast and on Instagram at Niagara Moon Music. If you would like to write to me with suggestions, questions, or comments about the podcast, you can email TATPPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for Talking About the Passion is the Niagara Moon song Pantheon Bar off my recent album Eating Peaches. Coming up now, I'm going to play one more track from Among the Clouds, a song called Calico, followed by a track from their upcoming release, a song called Severed Anne. See you next Wednesday.
stop with your stories. You, I told the boy we don't believe a word. Get it back together. Thought you, I knew it better. Time to make a change. It's so hard.
what you say But I am done with a charade Where'd you go? Where'd you go? 